Hola, Americanos. Uh, it is I, <laughs> Michael Loftus. You found the Loftus party. Uh, joining me again this week, Andrew Apple. Say hello, Andrew. Hello, everyone. We made a bad decision last week, Andrew. I want to. I want to start off uh, this week's show with a ginormous apology to all the all the listeners and all the fans. Uh, we took a week off. It was a crazy week all the way around the Fourth of July weekend. I'm in the process of uh, setting up a second location. <laughs> I'm setting up an, an East Coast safe house. We took the week off from the show. That's never going to happen again. We will always have a show. Uh, that's a promise from me, your host of the Loftus Party, where we uh, smile more because we're right. How do you feel about that, Andrew? Uh, I, I don't make that promise at all. If, 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 all right. If you want to do a show without me, eh, go, go ahead, but you know. May, I, I might need to get a colonic. <laughs> after some of the things that you say, after some of the, the things that you try to defend, yes, you might need a colonic. <laughs> this whole town needs an enema. Um, so fantastic. We, we got a lot of stuff uh, to get caught up on. I, I probably have like four times uh, the Michaeltopias that I normally have. I've set my watch. We are going to rock and roll this bitch. Uh, oh, little background on what's going on with me. I am uh, working on a TV show right now, so I've got uh, I've got the, the, like a network uh, situation comedy that I'm working on. Very exciting. It's a lot of fun. It's just a great time. I am prepping now for season three of the uh, television show The Flipside. We've got theloftestparty.com. The website is coming along thanks to everybody who's popping over to that. We have this awesome feature on that thing, The Daily Dose, which is just uh, fantastic. Every day, new stories, new videos, so much content, it's stupid. And then we've got we got the podcast. We've got the podcast. We've got the website. We've got the television show. And now I have like a little network sitcom I'm working on. It can all be managed. This is America. We can do it. Am I right? Of course you are, Michael. <laughs> all right. So, Andrew, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you. Let's kick this bitch off in style. What do we got? All right. So I'd like to start with a story that we missed from last week, but it was to quote Donald Trump, huge. Uh, oh, Donald Trump said it was huge. Yes. So Britain is leaving the European Union. Oh, Brexit. Yes. yes. So. For those of you who don't know, uh, the European Union acts very similar to the United States. You could jump between all of the 28 nations that exist inside they don't the have, EU. They don't have borders is what you're saying. They don't yeah. protect their borders. Yeah, exactly. So Britain has always had this one foot in, one foot out sense with the European Union. They kept the pound sterling even when the rest of the EU started using the euro as their main currency. And then they decided, you know what, uh, we don't want to be part of this European Union thing anymore. So they held a referendum, and more than 50% of the country decided they wanted to leave the EU. And I loved it. And it is awesome. It was so great to, to watch the news where they're like, oh, this is bad. I hope you're happy, you guys, because this is bad. The whole island's going to sink like Atlantis. The stock market's going to take a nosedive. Nothing's going to be worth like gloom and doom. And what's the end result, Andrew? What's the end result? Well, everything's okay for now. Of course it is. Of course it is. 
Did you honestly think something bad was going to happen? Well, the problem isn't right now. The problem is what happens within the next two years when they start having the negotiations to actually get Britain outside of the EU. Because this has sort of turned into an orphan child. Like, everyone who came on board were like, yes, we have to do this. This is important. We're going to have national unity. Like, uh, former London Mayor Boris Johnson, he, he came out with his weird Trump-like hair and really bad teeth. And he was a major champion for this. And then yeah. once the real work had to be done, he was like, all right, I'm going to step back. You guys have fun. I would say the real work would be convincing your fellow citizens that they need to be united and to uh, be independent from the rest of the EU. So I would argue that the real work is done. And let the let the dorks figure out the rest. Oh, I've got to renegotiate a trade deal with Singapore. Meh, meh, meh. Go for it. Have fun, you limey bastards. Enjoy your independence. Well, that's what Texas is thinking of doing next. So we'll see what happens in this country. It would be great. I'd love it. I've always said, I've said publicly on the show before, everybody says, oh, you, you're, you, uh, you're a conservative. You should go to Texas. You should go to – well, Texas is great. However, I would prefer uh, California. So let's just – let's do a California exit. It's a huge economy. Uh, that's the town I want. We've said that on the TV show before. That's right. I mean, Texas is awesome. We'll get Texas too. We'll get Texas. Uh, we'll get California. And then let's do, uh, what, New Mexico, Arizona? So we have a whole little – it'll look better on the map. It'll look like a fish hook on, on the map. <laughs> it'll be more appealing to the eye. Okay, so that's Brexit. Hooray, hooray. It was so awesome to see nothing bad happen. That was so fantastic. It was all gloom. Oh, and then here's the other thing. They, they uh, when, when the people who didn't want – to exit the EU when they didn't like the results they signed a uh, petition for a do-over and they got like two million signatures right away yeah. and everybody's like look at this look at this two million people want a do-over uh sorry sorry uh the majority of people voted to leave so your little do-over vote uh doesn't really mean anything it means nothing. Well, the worst part, it, it was a change.org petition, and change.org needs to stop because it, it, it means nothing. It, it doesn't hold any actual power. There's no rule of law behind it. Change.org is where all the trolls can sort of come together and say, we want to have a voice. We want to have a voice, Michael. I love, uh, I love doing this. I love this little radio show. What's next? What is next? All right, so uh, Donald Trump... And uh, Hillary is corrupt with a six-pointed sheriff star. Ooh, man, it's like you're—it's like you're looking at my notes. You're literally <laughs> the number one thing I wanted to talk about was Brexit. Number two was uh, Donald Trump's little uh, six-pointed sticker thing, which was fantastic. Now, why do you love? You tell me why you love this story, and then I'll tell you why I love the story. Uh, all right. The reason I love this story is, and this is going to be different from yours, is because it, it does the thing that I love watching the media try to do. They try to explain trolling. All right. So this image actually began on 4chan. Now, Michael, do you know what 4chan is? Do I know what what is? 4chan. No. All right. 4chan is where the trolls of the Internet live. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, so they sort of come together in this one little heavily unregulated place, and they 
make little memes and make little jokes and say horrendous things that you wouldn't say in polite conversation. What is what is the name of this place again? 4chan. The number 4, the Arabic numeral 4, chan, C H A N. C H A N. I got to yeah. check that out. Yeah. 4chan. Yes, exactly. Now, this is where the image started and this is why Donald Trump, I think it has a little bit of an issue when it comes to his style of trolling because okay. he has a lot of knee-jerk reactions to things. And he's like, oh, my God, look at this image. You know, it says Hillary is corrupt. This is awesome. I'm really moved by this. I think my followers will be moved by this. I'm going to tweet this out. Yes. Now, Tweet away. Exactly. Not realizing that this image had started on an anti-Semitic forum in 4chan. What? Yes. So Donald Trump is all, yes, Hillary is corrupt. Lion crooked Hillary. I'm going to tweet out this image. And then people are like, oh, yeah, uh, Donald, y- y- you just kind of spread some anti-Semitic propaganda. Just okay. so you know. So here's where here's where I'm going to jump in. Uh, why is it anti-Semitic? Well, because that's a six-pointed star. That's the Star of David that he used. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Well, also, it's red, and within the Israeli culture, uh, they don't have the red cross. They have the red Jewish star, and that's the same image that uh, that he used. Okay, so here's where I fi- find the delight in this. Yes. Is all the, 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 the pundits on Fox News... And on uh, on uh, MSNBC talking about why it's anti-Semitic. And as they talk about why it's anti-Semitic, this six-pointed star that, that can you can only find uh, on anti-Semitic uh, websites, that, that star doesn't exist anywhere else. You realize that, don't you? It, it, you can't just go to, like, uh, Google Images. You can't just uh, get that from Microsoft. It's just not a standard shape that exists. Uh, that's you can. It's exclusive to anti-Semitic websites. All right, so I, I I gotta ask you the big question then. All right, you're defending him. I see your point. I think there's some validity behind it. Why yeah. does he then backtrack, re-photoshop it with a circle? Because people are freaking out. Because people are freaking out, and this is the effect. This is the effect that his new handlers are having on him. We got to make you more uh we got to make you more presidential. We you got to start apologizing for stuff. And that's as close to an, an apology as you'll ever get. And, and and it's just so funny to hear these uh MSNBC hosts going and it's on a pile of money. He's got a, he's got the star of David on a big pile of money and like as they talk about why it's so anti-Semitic, they sound so incredibly anti-Semitic like everybody knows that Jews are good with money. Everybody it's hysterical. So after going after him for literally days about this, Donald Trump gives a speech and he sends out another tweet, which I think is hysterical, which is uh, the Disney's uh, sticker book. Yeah, it's the official sticker book from Frozen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, so is this anti-Semitic? And they they qualify him now as like. He, Donald Trump goes on this bizarre anti-Disney rant. This They talk about it. They literally use the words bizarre like they can't put it together. Like, wait a minute. He uses this shape and uh, he hates all the Jews. And if Disney's Frozen uses the shape, well, that's just a shape. Well, you do know Disney does have a history of being anti-Semitic, Michael. 
I know Walt was, supposedly, like Walt Disney was, uh, I know uh, Kennedy was, mm-hmm. the, the head of the Kennedy clan. You know the famous uh, Joe Kennedy. Yeah, Joe Kennedy, right? yes. He was over in Europe checking out Hitler, and he calls up Franklin Roosevelt, and he's like, we got to get on the side of the Nazis. They're going to take over the world. Absolutely. <laughs> and then FDR said, you're fired. <laughs> so I, this is – it's just fantastic. It's It's like – it's like uh, everybody at MSN and, and all the other mainstream uh, news outlets are like, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, if you keep talking about a wall, all the Mexicans are going to hate you. If you keep talking about a wall, all the Mexicans are going to hate you. And then uh, up comes the Trump University thing. And he's like, I don't think I can get a, a fair trial from this Mexican judge. And they're like, why? And he's like, he's Mexican. He's going to hate me. And they go, you're a racist. He goes, wait, you're the one that said they would all hate me. So if Donald Trump does it, uh, he's a racist. And if a Disney sticker book does it, it's just a sticker book. All right. So so here's it, the question that I have for you in response to that. Okay. All right. So this has kind of been Donald Trump's M.O. in all of this where, you know, he says someone attacks him for something and his response is, well, this person did this or this person started that. What do you say to those people who say that that's not presidential, that he should be holding himself to a higher standard? You know, what if he starts saying, well, Kim Jong-un did that? Did he say something about Kim Jong-un did that? No, he didn't say anything about Kim Jong-un. I did, oh, again. Listen, I, listen, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You got to defend yourself, man. Well, yes. Here's but- the other one they tried to do. Here's another here's another Trumpism, and this is what literally uh, you and I were at Politicon uh, last weekend. Yep. Was that two weeks ago? That, that was actually two weekends ago. Last weekend was July 4th. Oh, oh my gosh. That's – yeah, I'm getting crazy. I'm losing my mind. So we're hanging out with Michael Steele, mm-hmm. uh, who's an awesome dude, by the way, the former uh, chair of the Republican Party, blah, blah, blah. Very cool dude. And I told him what I'm telling everybody else. You got to steer into the curve. When, when these people look at you and go, how can you support Donald Trump saying that? Uh, you got to steer into the curve and just keep going with it. Donald Trump says he wants to ban all Muslims. Well, he said he wants a temporary ban. But I tell you what, I think it, it's, a, it's a good thing to look at. We should talk about the people coming from these uh, countries that, that are uh, the, the epicenter of, of terrorism. We should look at how we're vetting these people. Just it, you, you support the statement and then you add to it. Here's my favorite one. Not my favorite, but one of my uh, new favorites is uh, Trump's giving a speech the other night, and he's like, man, uh, Saddam Hussein was a bad man. Saddam Hussein was a bad man. I mean, he was bad. But there's one thing that Saddam Hussein knew how to do, and that's kill terrorists. And Twitter just blew up with Donald Trump loves Saddam Hussein. It's just crazy. Now, to be fair, he did say the words... I love Saddam Hussein. He said, I hate Saddam Hussein, but I love Saddam Hussein. So that's where the Twitter trolling came from. The words did come out of his mouth. Yeah, for killing terrorists. Yeah. No, we're on the same page there. I'm just, it's just, you know, it's like Twitter didn't make that up. You know, that's the big thing about Donald Trump. Nobody makes things up about Donald Trump. Everything is based off of, well, he said this. Well, it's, it's also in the presentation. Donald Trump said all Mexicans are rapists, which he never said. And Donald Trump loves Saddam Hussein. Yeah, he said he was a bad guy. He was a really bad guy. 
So uh, it's just it's just the narrative. This is the this is the point in time uh, when when Hillary just she just has to attack his character. She just has to. He's just he's unfit. He's just horrible. He's unfit. He's a bad person. He loves Saddam Hussein. He, uh, he once gave Kim Jong Un a, a hand job in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> he's just. He's just completely un- which brings us to lion crooked Hillary. Lie- this was the best. This is my story of the week. This is the big one. The James Comey, the FBI thing. Yes. So essentially, Loretta Lynch came out last week and said, I am only going to charge Hillary with any sort of crime in relation to her email server if the FBI's investigation says I should. I am going to defer to the FBI on this one. So the FBI comes out and they say, all right, yeah, we did our investigation. We don't see any reason to charge her. We don't see any wrongdoing in all of this. So... The but they didn't say that, Andrew. That they is what didn't. they said. They said there was no evidence to show that she should have charges brought against her. You are such a product of the narrative. He came out, James Comey came out, and for 13 minutes went item by item of lying crooked lie, lying crooked lie, lying crooked lie. And then the last two minutes, uh, he's like, eh, we're not going to charge her. Because of extreme carelessness. She was extremely careless. And I still, for the life of me, I don't know what's the difference between extremely careless and gross negligence. Well, it wasn't about gross negligence. It was about intent. And his argument when he later went on to the floor and talked with the House was that the standard needs to be that a person needs to actively be trying to commit a crime in order for us to charge them. Not true. There's also gross negligence. Gross negligence. That's why he said extreme, extremely extreme carelessness. That's the comedy in all this. What is the difference between extremely careless and gross negligence? I would like to thank uh, James Comey because everybody's angry at the guy right now because he didn't charge her because it is it's ridiculous. And he's like, we couldn't find another case uh, where someone had done anything similar and they were prosecuted. And already there's there's two cases. Uh, one was a Marine who because the Marines didn't have laptops, they're like, could you please use your own laptop? And he said, sure. And he used his laptop. He tried to delete everything. Something was left on his computer. Uh, he brought it to the attention of of his uh, uh, supervisors when he got back to the states, and they charged him because he had he had this piece of software on his laptop. So that guy got kicked out of the Marines, and he's on suspension. It's it, his life was not ruined, but his his career is over in the Marine Corps uh, for something that he did one little thing, one little thing, and Comey went down the list. Here's what Comey did, and this is what I like about it, and this is my defense of James Comey. Uh, no, he didn't charge her, which is great, which means Hillary is still the front runner. If he charges her, then she can't run for president. Then Joe Biden steps in or flipping Bernie Sanders steps uh, steps in. Everybody rallies around them. They win the White House and America gets worse. James Comey did everybody a favor by letting Hillary stay in the race. And then this guy, it's like it's like the big fat uh, bald guy from Game of Thrones, the eunuch. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. That's who James Comey is in all of this. 
He could have just done a press conference and said, hey, we're not going to charge her. However, he did that 13-minute thing where she said she only used one device. Not true. She used several. She said she didn't do any classified emails. Not true. There was at least 110, 52 different email chains. She said she only had one server. Not true. She let unauthorized people look at the emails. She didn't hand over all the emails. He just called her a liar. Lying crooked Hillary. Lying crooked Hillary. And it is the best piece of videotape. And, and Trump doesn't have to give another speech from now till Election Day. All he has to do is play that wonderful piece of video that somebody at the RNC put together where it has Hillary going, I never sent out classified email. And then you cut to Comey going, yes, she did. A hundred and ten of them. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He did us all a favor. Don't be hating on James Comey. Comey did you all a favor, you right-wing Republican nut jobs whom I love so much. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. And you know what? They should put the Game of Thrones music behind it where James Comey is like, uh, and here's the other thing. Uh, I wish we had the game. We should do that. We should put the Game of Thrones music behind this 110 times. Bum, bum, ba bum, bum, ba bum, bum, ba 52 email chains. ba dun dun da dun dun She's lying crooked. And now it's, it, it, it's mind-boggling. Here's, I'll give it up to the Democrats for this. I've got to give credit where credit is due. I have never seen a political party rally and circle the wagons like the Democrats do. They, it just flies in the face of the facts. Like Hillary was on Wolf Blitzer yesterday, and Wolf Blitzer is like, hey, so what about all those uh, classified emails you sent out? Do you feel bad about that? And Hillary goes, I think the FBI director has since changed his statement. Like, no, he didn't, bitch. No, he didn't. You lied. I think he's rethinking his position. No, no, he's not. It could not look worse. It could not look worse. And the Bill, little Bill Clinton uh, sit down on the on the tarmac with Loretta Lynch. Yeah, oh, good that Lord. was awful. Even I have to admit oh, that that Lord. looked awful. What would they talk about on that tarmac? What do you think they talked about, Andrew? Uh, you know, guessing they talked about uh, football. Um, yeah, they talked about their grandkids. She doesn't have grandkids. No, and listen, there, listen. There's no question. Bill Clinton, he's still one of the most powerful people in the Democratic Party, and he's been using his undue influence to affect things. There's no question about that. And I, I don't think any liberal, even if you support Hillary Clinton, is going to deny that she basically had this handed to her on a silver platter in the beginning, and then Bernie Sanders came in and sort of pooped on that. Yes. Yes. So I want to say a big thank you to James Comey. He has delivered the presidency in my book. He's done everything he could, and he still looks like a stand-up guy. He still looks like a law and order guy. It's great. The, the Democrats don't like him. The Republicans uh, who, who aren't playing the long game are angry with him. But uh, I would shake that guy's hand. Way to go. I want to thank him for that lovely, lovely 13 minutes of video that he gave us. Did did you get a chance to watch uh, his deposition with the House? Yeah, and that was uh, – I watched some of it. I watched some highlights of it, and a couple of interesting things came out of that. That was all just political grandstanding. Of and course. It, it, it was just cringeworthy. Uh, however, 
uh, Trey Gowdy. I don't know if it was Trey Gowdy or, or uh, Chavez, the dude from uh, Utah, the former kicker for Brigham Young or whatever. Here's the deal. Uh, that's perjury. She lied. She straight up lied. You could go after Hillary for perjury. And then here's the other one I, uh, I want to know about. She had her lawyers go through all these emails. Mm-hmm. Are, are they allowed to look at these emails? Well, do yeah. they have the, do they I mean, no do, do they have the top secret clearance that they would need if they stumble across something top secret are they allowed to look at it I mean that's a question that's way beyond my pay grade me too me too but that that occurred to me and uh there's still 30,000 emails missing well, you it know, just it just stinks dude it just stinks well I'll, I'll tell you what the solution is because this also came out this week. Uh, did you see that Jill Stein offered to step down as the Green Party's nominee and offered the position to Bernie Sanders? Oh, well, good for her. Good for her, Jill Stein. What did Bernie say? He hasn't responded. And let's be honest, it was a publicity stunt by the Green Party and by Jill Stein because Jill Stein is a less viable candidate than, I don't know, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, well, there's no way Bernie's going to take her up on the. He's not going to play spoiler for all this. Of course not. That guy, he knows which side his bread is buttered on. Absolutely, he knows that if he wants to keep sucking off the government teat, he's got to play nice with the Democrats, and that's why he ran as a Democrat. All right, so let me ask: Who is doing that better right now? Is it Bernie Sanders or is it Chris Christie? What sucking off the government teat? Yeah. Oh, it's freaking Bernie Sanders, hands down. Hands down, that's all that guy has ever done. I don't think he's ever had a 40-hour a work week job. He's never had a full-time job. That guy was a part-time carpenter. He got fired. He is a professional uh, government leech. The guy is a human parasite. All he's ever done is applied for unemployment and tried to help out the socialist agenda. That's all he knows. Okay, all and right. That's the, and that's the other thing that I love about uh, about uh, D. Trump now. And I'll say this again for the record. He wasn't my dude. <laughs> Donald <laughs> Trump wasn't my dude. But the more I think about it, I'm like, listen, it's going to be him or Hillary, blah, blah, blah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for, for D.T., the old D.T. He's the only guy running who is, who's not a professional politician. Let him have at it. And- it can't be lying, crooked Hillary. Lying, crooked Hillary. And let me tell you what's amazing to me about what you just said is that that really is the sentiment. And it amazes me how much people dislike the other guy. Like nobody really gets behind Hillary Clinton aside from the people who were Puma in 2008. Like it's just they just see her as lesser of two evils with Donald Trump. And just like you said a lot of people in the Republican Party, it's like when you put Donald Trump against Hillary Clinton, they see her as so corrupt that they would rather see Donald Trump in the White House. And it's this amazing zeitgeist that we've reached in this country where we're so ideologically divided like that. It's fascinating. Well, I, I, it's for me, it's it's the one of the last best chances that we'll ever have to have a private citizen as the president of the country. He's not a he's not a politician. He's just a he's as close as we can get to like just a regular guy in the White House. You don't want to vote for Joe the plumber in 2020? Uh, Joe the plumber. God bless Joe the plumber. That guy, he is uh he is really really just hanging in there, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. He is hanging in. I got a that guy's got he's got those he's got both he's got those plumber hands. 
He's got strong hands. He's got a grip. He's got a he's got a firm grip on his fifteen minutes. He's doing great. Yeah, he a is. Buddy, a buddy of mine uh, works for him. Uh, works well with him, I guess. And I guess he's a very nice guy. And God bless Joe the plumber. And you know what? I'm I'm doing it too. I wish I had I wish I had stronger fingers like Joe the plumber. <laughs> Hey, so what's what's next up on your agenda? Because soon soon we're going to get to Dallas, uh, and it will take a bit of a turn. Uh, but we will we'll, we're going to tread lightly on Dallas. Uh, but you had something else. The, you want to talk about the Fox News, the Gretchen Carlson thing? Yeah. So Gretchen Carlson gets fired and immediately sues Fox News and Roger Ailes for sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, that's basically all we know about this story, and my only sentiment on the subject is, obviously, if the allegations are true, then Roger Ailes should be ashamed of himself and punished, but if Gretchen Carlson got fired because she wasn't bringing in the ratings, and she's using this sexual assault lawsuit as a way to sort of further her own career or get back at Roger Ailes and the network, then shame on her. Well, I, I think... That's going to be Roger Ailes' defense. I did a little bit of research into this last night, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not looking uh, good for GC, Gretchen no, Carlson. Here's here's the first piece of evidence uh, that I would say. Uh, Gretchen Carlson, when was her show even on? You know, she had a show on a couple of years ago, and Shepard Smith ended up taking it over because she didn't bring in any ratings. And for a while, she was hosting uh, Fox and Friends in the morning, and then Elizabeth Hasselbeck ended up taking over. Yeah, but she I think Gretchen Carlson had her own show. Like, yeah. I know when in L.A. it would come on, I would immediately change the channel because there's just something – I hate to say this. This is going to sound horrible. There's just something about her that I just didn't find likable. Uh, I found her to be kind of a phony in a weird way. Now, in Roger Ailes' defense, they just introduced a memo that they're going to use. Like, she had a big meeting with Roger Ailes mm-hmm. where she came in and she's like, hey, maybe you could put me back on Fox and Friends. Maybe you could let me do some guest uh, spots on Outnumbered so I could boost my ratings. Maybe I could do Bill O'Reilly shows uh, again. I could guest on there because my ratings – whenever I was on Bill O'Reilly, the ratings went up. So she leaves that meeting, and I guess this is one of the meetings where supposedly uh, he was hitting on her or whatever. But Roger Ailes, they have an email that he sent – to uh, his the head of programming at Fox, like after after she leaves that meeting later on that afternoon, Roger Ailes sends an email to the head of programming saying, you know what we should do? We should give Gretchen another shot. We should uh, we should put her on outnumbered. She says that she uh, is a ratings boost for Bill O'Reilly's uh, program. Let's check that out and see if we can get her on there. Let's see. Like he went out of his way to boost her profile on the station. It, it looks it, it would look like he did everything she wanted. Like I'll get you on this show, I'll get you on that show, I'll put you on this show. Well, and you know that's something that. And you then do... oh, oh, go ahead. oh, I'm sorry. Then she writes him a thank you letter. She hand writes him a thank you letter, which he kept. Uh, thank God. You know, and that's something that you do see a lot in news and entertainment in general. It's like. Someone might not be a ratings draw as much as they used to be, but you like them and they're still a good person and you want to keep them around. And so you try and figure out a way to do that. If that means putting them on someone else's show, moving them to another position, 
Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you do just have to come to terms with the fact that that person is not going to bring in ratings anymore. And if there's no ratings, there are no advertisers. And if there are no advertisers, the show is losing money. So now let's address – I'm going to open up a Diet Coke. Diet Coke, proud sponsor of the theloftestparty.com. No, it's not. What? They should be. Let's talk about the the 300-pound the gorilla in the room. Yeah. Gretchen Carlson? If you are going to hit on anybody at Fox News, it's going to be Gretchen Carlson? Come on, man. Well, I would. It's Megyn Kelly, right? That's the one you want to get with. You know what? I am not going to try and assume what Roger Ailes is into. He is a highly powerful man, and he might be into you know that thing with the ball gag and the chains <laughs> and the whips, and I, I don't want to know. If he is... Megan Kelly, oh my gosh! I I clicked on the news the other night. Uh, it was actually the the night of the the night before the Dallas shootings. I'm watching the Fox News. Sometimes she'll wear this little uh, leather vest thing. Where I swear it looks like that's all she's wearing. <laughs> and you're just like, she is smoking hot. And then the other night, it looked like she had on. Remember that that. Uh, that magazine Heavy Metal. Oh, and yeah. They had that, that character uh, Aeon Flux. Absolutely. That, that super hot space bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. It looks like she was wearing a halter top. Like Aeon Flux had a garage sale, and Megan Kelly bought a couple halter tops. <laughs> it was so unbelievably distracting for me. Because I keep thinking, if she stands up, is she going to have the holster on and the and the black G-string? And then I'm thinking, you know what? That's probably who she should go uh, to, to Halloween as. I wonder if she's ever dressed up as Aeon Flux. I've completely missed the news. I've zoned out for like the last 10 minutes. I'm just picturing Megan Kelly as Aeon Flux. <laughs> All right. So would you prefer her as Aeon Flux or Charlize Theron, who played her in the movie? You know what? I, I would prefer Megyn Kelly because I saw uh, Charlize Theron and she totally punted on it. That is a to me. I love the Aeon Flux. I mm-hmm. love the I love the little cartoons that they used to show on MTV. Yep, was in the style of the drawing. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm sorry, but when they come at you with a script uh, to Charlize Theron, they go, "We're going to have you play this." completely badass space age bounty hunter named Aeon Flux and she goes oh okay that sounds interesting and they go here is what the character looks like and then Charlize goes well I'm not wearing that I'm not gonna that's an iconic outfit it's an iconic outfit we're very sorry we're gonna have to go with another actress because obviously you're not into this yeah that's what the studio should have done exactly there was an actress, what's her name? I think she's a former model. She went to Comic-Con dressed as Aeon Flux, and she looked great. And they uh, they made her cover up, and I think that's sad. You know, That's a sad, sad day for humanity. I you can't hope, dress up Aeon Flux. I hope it was Margot Robbie. That's all I can say. Don't think it was. I want to see it. Uh, Audrina Partridge. Uh, she was the chick who was married to that guy from the Brady Bunch for a hot minute. Oh, that's Adrian Curry. Adrian Curry. I think that's it. Get on Google. Google some of those. She made a very fine A on Flux. So, so I would pass on Charlie's, and I would go with uh, Adrian Curry. Sounds good. All right. It does sound good. You know what else sounds good? What's that? Uh, a little movie called Deadpool. Mm. I watched that finally. 
my buddy, my buddy Jonathan Comeck Martin, boom, name dropping. Uh, he was one of the producers of that, and I finally got, a, I got finally got around to seeing it because it's rated R, yep. and I couldn't really watch it, you know, with the kids around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm across the country. I'm setting up shop here in in Long Island. I popped the old uh, Deadpool into the DVR player into the PlayStation Four the other day, and guess what, Andrew Apple? It's awesome. Completely awesome. I know. I know. I saw it in the theater. It was awesome. We're getting oh Deadpool too. Oh my god. I'm howling with laughter at the opening credits. The opening credits were hysterically funny. Uh, Directed that... by some douchebag. <laughs> starring some asshat. Uh co starring a complete CGI character. Co starring <laughs> The misunderstood angry teenage girl. It was all the stereotypes. It was fantastic. I loved it. So uh, to get back to uh, Megan Kelly, yes. I'm watching the the Megan Kelly show. I got I got the I go back and forth between Fox News and MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And so I'm uh, I'm watching that, and and everything happens in Dallas. I was literally watching. They had half the screen was uh, Times Square, half the screen was Dallas. Then everybody starts running in Dallas. Uh, and it's just uh, horrible, like yeah. live television, uh, just, just horrible. And I want to get into that. Here's uh, some things that I, I know I wanted to touch on. That uh, Dallas uh, chief of police, uh, David Brown. Yep. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. Yep. I love that guy. They got a good man there. He's fantastic. Oh, and did did you see what was going on during the actual events when the sniper shooting was happening? Because that was the worst thing in all of this. There, it was a Black Lives Matter protest. There were cops around. The cops were being supportive. Black Lives Matter protesters and cops were taking pictures together. There was unity in that moment. Yeah. And yeah. then someone starts shooting. Here's my whole problem with Black Lives Matter. I can understand... Uh, why they're angry, right? Yes. I can understand uh, why they're upset. And I don't know of one soul in the this great republic of the United States of America who is down with police just assassinating people. Of course Nobody not. wants that. Nobody wants that. And that's why everybody loves the Second Amendment. That's why everybody wants to have guns. In case the government starts running around assassinating people, we can shoot back. So nobody, nobody wants police running around uh, assassinating people. That being said, uh, police also, that's a dangerous job, man. That is a dangerous job. And people need to understand and respect the police. I've got to, we should actually put it back up. We will in the near future. An old uh, monologue I did on the flip side uh, entitled How Not to Get Killed by the Police. And it's something that I learned in in high school, and and I will say right now, I am white. Uh, My teacher in high school was actually a deputy sheriff. He was also white, and he almost got his his brains blown out one night by another deputy sheriff because uh, my teacher, his name was uh, Dr. Wilson, he matched a description – uh, vaguely of a car uh, that was involved in a in a robbery, right? There's yes. times when you, you get pulled over by the police. His car matched the description of a car that was fleeing the, a crime scene. These guys came at him, weapons drawn. They were ready to start throwing lead around. Thank God he was a deputy sheriff himself, and he knew to keep his hands where they could see him. He didn't make any fast uh, movements. He let those guys open up the car door. I tell you, when the police come at you, 
white, black, all of the colors of the rainbow, and they have a weapon out, boy, howdy, you gotta just move slow. You just have to, I wouldn't move at all. And the cop's like, open your door. I don't want to open my door because I'm afraid you'll shoot me. I'm going to let you open the door. You you really you really have to be uh, careful. And that was, was, was so unfortunate about the Alton-Sterling shooting specifically because at the Loftus Party, we are very supportive of cops. We believe they have a very difficult job because they do, and we want them to be out there doing their best. We want them to come home safely. So, do you want to know what? Here's just a little side note. Yes. My very first paid job mm-hmm. as an actor, I was in high school. I played a kid in a uh, shoot-don't-shoot video, a training video for police officers. I played a kid who was behind a dumpster, and I had a pipe in my hand, and I come popping up from behind the dumpster, uh, and that was my part in the movie, and then they would have police officers watch this movie, and they could either shoot or not shoot. I had the opportunity to uh, do the the training, like when the when the thing was done, and uh, I got to see it, uh, and I got my I, dude, I got my brain my, my my brains blown out. Oh. Like, yeah, cops were shooting me all the time. I was a white kid popping up behind. When you really quickly, my the pipe in my hand, it looked like a gun. Mm. And like I think every cop shot me, and when I did the thing, wow, I shot a bunch of innocent people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's it's got to be terrifying. Yes, but were those people on the ground with their hands and legs secured? With their hands and legs secured? Yeah. No, they were not. And Are that, you talking about the guy, uh, the guy wrestling the police out in front of the Baton Rouge uh, convenience store? Yeah, that that was Alton Sterling. He was already yeah. down. He was already secured, and then they put he two wasn't bullets. Secured? He was. Two he was bullets. rolling around, man. Nah, he, he was, was down, strong. man. He was rolling around, Andrew Apple. And guess what they did before they started wrestling him? What's that? They tased him. And guess what they did before that? They told him to put his hands on the car. I don't think old Alton listened. This is the other problem. Like, I know that there's uh, people who are afraid of the police. And, and oh, every policeman's going to kill you. Guess what? Uh, when a cop tells you to put your hands up, put your hands up. It's that simple. The, the entire thing was a giant misunderstanding. I guess he knew the convenience store owner. Yeah, he I guess would sell been out CDs there selling there. CDs. He was like, and this goes to my next point, we have to get back to having beat cops. Remember that? In the 1930s, the 1940s, and all the cartoons, there was a cop who'd walk around the neighborhood and he knew everybody. That's what we need. We need police officers who are in these communities who know people so that when somebody calls up and says there's a black man with a gun out in front of the convenience store, then the cop goes, okay, that's Alton, and he's out there selling CDs, and I'll go talk to him and see what's going on. That's what we need. That's the solution to all of this. Beat cops. And the other solution is when a cop tells you to do something, do it. Okay. Old Alton got tased. Old Alton was wrestling. I don't you never you don't wrestle. You don't wrestle with a police officer. And I, you know what? Maybe the cops shouldn't have tackled him. I guess they tried the taser. Uh, that didn't work. He was a big guy. It all comes back to that. Yeah. No, listen, nobody is arguing that the cops don't have a difficult job and the cops had to make a split second decision. Yeah. Just like what just kid in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, Philandro Castile. Yeah, that's the one. I saw that, I was horrified. I was horrified by that piece of video. I'm like, that poor kid is just sitting in the passenger seat and a cop rolls up and just blang, blang, blang. Well, that's not holding up. 
And no one in the mainstream media is talking about that because uh, because the girl's phone, the image is flipped. The guy was actually in the driver's seat. He's got the gun in his lap, halfway tucked under his shirt. And once again, he matched the description uh, of a, a, a guy that had robbed a convenience store with a gun. I mean, he matched the description to a T. So the cop rolls up on him. You never know, America. You never know. The cop and the cop didn't pull him over for a broken taillight. That's a false, false uh, narrative. The cops pulled him over because he matched the description of a robbery suspect. And they got the guy on tape where he calls it in. I'm pulling him over. He matches the description. So you know the suspect has a gun. So you're an idiot if you don't have your gun out. Which which brings me to my solution. This is perfect timing. Here's my solution, Andrew. Okay, let's hear it. It's a foreign exchange program, but for cops and Black Lives Matter people. Here's what we do. We let police officers hang out with the members of Black Lives Matter. They can go into these neighborhoods and they can just hang out and have a good time and just see what the lifestyle is all about. Now, uh, the Black Lives Matter people, they get to be police officers. They get to ride around in a cruiser uh, all by themselves. Now, they have to respond to crimes, though, uh, and they have to roll up on cars where they don't know what's going on. They have to go to domestic violence uh, you know, calls. They have to do all the work of a police officer, just as the cop is going to have to do all the, quote, work of a Black Lives Matter person. But let's just see how, uh, how easy this job is. The Black Lives Matter people seem that they have a better way of policing. They have better ideas. The streets are going to be safer. So let's have them roll around in some really dicey neighborhoods uh, and see what happens. Oh, and they don't get guns. They shouldn't have guns because they might accidentally shoot an innocent person. So they get to be armed with uh, a taser and their wits. Yeah, that that's going to be an interesting one. I think it would be great. I think it would be great. You know what? Walk walk in somebody's moccasins for a couple miles. Okay. Hey, guess 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 who gets uh killed by cops? Who? Guess who gets killed by cops? 61% of the time. 61% of the time. Who's that? White people. Mm. Mm. That's a sad statistic right there. Yeah, it is. So, if anything, uh if we're going to base this off of math, it's sad. I got. I did some stats, you know, because you want to be the. I, I don't want to be the smarmy stat guy. I want to be the fun, loving, I got solutions guy. Yeah. Which I think it's it's a little smarmy, but my little uh, exchange program. I think that is kind of funny. <laughs> I enjoy it. This these are FBI stats. Ninety percent of black murders. Ninety percent of black murders. You know who killed them? Who's that? Black people. Mm. Th- that's the FBI. That's not me going to some like uh, right wing website with a with a crazy Star of David tweet on it. That's a little thing called the FBI, and I think we love the FBI now, don't we? Because James Comey didn't send your girl to jail. <laughs> and you oh, know, I want to touch on this. Yes, but yeah, go ahead. Well, no, no, go, you 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 go forward, and and we'll we'll tread back to this in Michaeltopia. Yay! Um, I love how in Dallas it was a lone gunman. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> That, that I tell you what, Obama's getting really, really good at this about cherry picking, uh, cherry picking what the crime is really about, right? Yep. This guy, he's on record. He's on record saying he was inspired by Black Lives Matter. He was looking to kill uh, police officers, especially white police officers. That's true. He, 
that, that that's what he said. Yeah. Like those are his words. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, it's a lone gunman. It's the lone gunman. He's a whack job. There's, I, I don't think the guy was a whack job. Uh, I think and, – and here's the other one that I, I can't stand because, see, like when it doesn't fit their narrative, it's a lone gunman. But when that white kid goes into that church in Carolina and what a, what a horrible, horrible uh, event that was, and immediately that's about, about a big issue. This isn't just the act of a lone gunman. This is about uh, symbols of hate. This is about the symbol of the Confederate flag. You can't sell those at Target anymore. You can't sell those online anymore. This is about the symbol of uh, the Civil War. And we have to rip down these statues in, in Savannah, Georgia. We have to rip down these statues and rewrite history. Good Lord. But when it's a when it's a black guy killing white people, it's like, ah, eh, it's a lone gunman. And here's the other and this just drives me crazy. There's no real comedy here. They're calling it a tragedy. Hey, it's a tragedy. No, it's not a tragedy. It's a murder. It was a series of murders. It was the very definition of a hate crime. A tragedy is when uh, two things kind of happen by happenstance and innocent people are hurt. And you're like, wow, that's that's tragic that these two uh, things happened uh, to create um, uh, hardship and, and heartache and heartbreak. That's tragedy. This, this was murder. This was straight up murder. Yeah. By a guy who was inspired by Black Lives Matter. Yeah. There it is. <sighs> All right. So you got your little dig in. You got your little Gretchen Carlson here. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Corinne Brown. Ooh, all right. You take the lead on this one. Oh, she's uh, she's got a D in front of her name. I think she's from Florida, right? You heard about this? This is. I'm pulling up the info right now. Oh, pull it up because it's beautiful. She had a little charity to help kids go to school. She had a little charity. She was raising money for it, and uh, she raised like almost a million dollars. And I think they gave out two scholarships for a thousand dollars a piece. And the rest of the money she used for tickets to Beyonce concerts and vacations and apartments. Yeah, and oh, you, you know what? And I'm 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 looking up this story right now. I'm sorry, I got overwhelmed by Dallas this week. Nothing offends me more than when someone takes money in the name of public good and then uses it for their own selfish means. That is the yeah. worst kind of person. Corinne Brown and the, like the charity was for for kids, yeah. kids and their education. <laughs> oh, she's she's my person of the week. I celebrate you, Corinne Brown. I celebrate you for being a horrible piece of crap, Corinne. Just Brown. the worst. Just the worst. That's right up there with people who pretend they have cancer. You know, that little fundraising scam? Yeah. There was a a woman in Ohio years ago, just the worst, just the worst human being on the planet. She would give her kid, uh, she would give her kid NyQuil and put the kid in the car. She would drive the kid around. The kid would fall asleep and then she would drive the kid home. The kid would wake up and she's like, wow, what happened there? And the mom would be like, oh, you just got back from the doctor. You had chemotherapy. And the, and the mom was raising all this money and it was a scam. And that's what wow. Corinne Brown, she falls into that that level of uh, everything I dis, dislike about uh, big government. Okay. We, we've had a – this has been an action-packed uh, show. Yes, Alrighty, so I got my little stats in. I apologize for being the stat guy. 
but those are horrible statistics. Yeah. Black lives, black lives do matter. And I tell you what, uh, when when you're being killed by your fellow man, I, I think you need to look to take a look at the at, at the cause. No one wants to get shot by the police, but uh, I think you got bigger fish to fry there, kids. I think you got bigger fish to fry. And I tell you what, I'm I'm all for free speech, but I I was watching these Black Lives Matter, uh, some dudes, and I'm not saying this is all people in Black Lives Matter. There's some really awesome people out there, and they they don't want to solve this through violence. Nobody wants to solve problems through violence unless they're already, you know, an extremely violent person. But when you have this 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 rhetoric going around, uh, this kid was talking about cops like they're like they're an occupying force in the neighborhood, like this is Nazi uh, uh, France, you know, like the like he views cops as if they were the Nazis occupying France, and like the people in the French Resistance were killing Nazis, and oh, they're heroes. So aren't I a hero if I kill a cop in my neighborhood? Uh, no, kid, you're not a hero. And they're there to police you. That, that'd that be another great thing for the police to do. And I'd love to see that happen if they would just stop going to these neighborhoods, right? Just stop going. But then you've got innocent people that get hurt. That's the problem. You've got good people uh, that live in these neighborhoods, and then they would get hurt, and then it, it would end badly. So uh, those are my thoughts on Dallas. Straight-up murder. All right, so should we hop into Michaeltopia then? You know what? I'm I'm going to look through here, and yeah, we should. Cause I got, uh, <laughs> I got some good ones. I got some high energy good ones. And speaking of speaking of high energy and low energy, I saw Jesse Jackson the other day on the news talking about Dallas. Mm-hmm. And boy, that guy doesn't look good. Well, he's getting up there, you know. It's like uh, he look he looks like an old boxer now. He looks like he's just been he's just, he's got that little mumble. He doesn't. It's really quite sad. He used to have a lot of zip. To his uh, his rhetoric, to his speech, and now it's like dang ding dang do. That was the best scatting you've ever done, Michael. Zip dap dibbity bang. Yeah, Jesse Jackson's losing it, and who you know, Al Sharpton. He doesn't have the zip. Maybe he needs to get fat again. Because uh, boy, his big giant rooster head. Have you seen how big his head is? Yeah, it's fairly large, and and it's really disturbing when you look at him on the news. You're like, how's his little neck holding up that giant head? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks like he knows it. Like he'll look around like he's scared. Like his neck's gonna snap at any moment. All right, okay. Let's let's do some Michael Topias. All right. Oh, we should set this up. Uh, Michael Topia. Michaeltopia is where everything makes sense, you guys. The rest of the world and reality is can be somewhat crazy and not make a lot of sense. But in Michaeltopia, we have a series of rules and laws that we live by, and, and everything is wonderful and everything makes sense. We call this place Michaeltopia. So, Andrew, go ahead, buddy. All right. Uh, this is a little bit of a retread, but uh, I feel it's appropriate. In Michaeltopia, conversations about... Cop killings do not lead to conversations about gun control. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one right it, there. It's like cops are always going to need something to defuse the situation. And as we've said on the TV show, when that thing becomes the Star Trek phaser, we are all for it. But for now, unfortunately, we've got guns and tasers. That is correct. That is a good one. Thank that you. That is a good one. All okay. Right. Uh, here comes mine. Mine are a little bit more lighthearted than yours. Okay. In Michaeltopia, you are not allowed to use 
a beloved punk rock song by The Clash in your stupid ad for a hotel chain. Nothing breaks my heart more than The Clash's Should I Stay or Should I Go being used for, like, clarion hotels. It breaks my heart. You're not allowed to do it. The Clash uh, is one of the, the best bands of all time, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to use them to sell cupcakes or stays at hotels. And you know what? Right now, unfortunately, The Clash is crying about it all the way to the bank. Well, <laughs> I, I, I hope so. And I hope they're buying, like, ammunition or Molotov cocktails or something. <laughs> Hopefully they're using that money for evil and, <laughs> okay. and anarchy because it's just sad. Uh, and in Michaeltopia, in Michaeltopia, Andrew, yes. every American has to spend at least one-fourth of July in Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. All right. We I talk was about this. witness. I was witness to the best. I took video of it. I'm, we're going to put it on the website. We're going to put it on the show. It was spectacular. I've lived in California for a long time. They have very strict controls and, and laws about fireworks. And you're always worried about, oh, there's a drought and you're going to start a brush fire. They don't worry about that in Long Island. In Long Island, every other person on the block has thousands of dollars in fireworks that they let off. There was like warring factions in the neighborhood. This house would have a huge display, and then down the block, they'd let theirs off as if to say, that weren't nothing, guy. That weren't nothing. Watch this. It went on for hours. These are just private citizens putting on these. It was the best. From 8 o'clock at night to 11 o'clock at night, just fireworks going off everywhere in all directions. It was fantastic. The ground was shaking. There was kabooms. There was, it was like an ISIS wedding reception. It was fantastic. I understand the metaphor, but wow. That was wow. a good one, right? Yeah. I got, another, I got another one locked and loaded. In Michaeltopia, if you have a company that sells any kind of service, you have to have a 1-800 number for support. You can't just have an internet address. I've got a cable company that that also does my internet. My internet goes out last night. I go to look for a 1-800 number. All they have is a www dot. Like, hey, moron. The problem is I can't get to the <laughs> www dot. How about a phone number, you jackholes? Drove me crazy. Then I'm unplugging my modem and plugging it back in and unplugging it. And finally, it just miraculously kicked back on. Yeah. But uh, how about a 1-800 number where I can get a hold of you anytime I need to because my internet's not working? <laughs> Touche. Touche, three-che, four-che. You got one? Uh, yeah, I got another one for you. All right. In Michaeltopia, we celebrate people of all ages wandering around their neighborhood playing Pokemon Go. And we do not judge them, no matter how ridiculous they look when they're trying to wander through and catch a Squirtle at 12.30 in the morning. What, what's, what is Pokemon Go? Oh, okay. So this is so cool. Basically, it's an augmented reality program on your phone that uses your GPS that lets you walk around your network. And the program says, oh, there's a, there's a Pikachu over three blocks away or there there's a gym around the corner and you can go in and you can take all the Pokemon that you've amassed and you can compete with other people who are playing the game. It's Pokemon in the real world using your phone. 
Andrew? Yes. Why am I just now hearing about this? Because you've been in Long Island. Andrew? Yes. I need to play Pokemon Go. You really do. It sounds like a blast. <laughs> now, I was up till about 1 o'clock last night just wandering around the city with my fiancé because I saw there was a Squirtle uh, not too far away, <laughs> and, and, and we had to get it. We had to get it. And, and you, you know what? It? We got it. We got it. Okay. I am – so is this a free app? I can just download it? You can download it right now on your phone. I'm getting it. Pokemon Go. Yes, indeed. Oh, Pikachu. That's a fantastic one. That's a great one. Yeah, we're not allowed to make fun of those. And you know what else we don't do in Microtopia? What's that? Uh, we don't let our political affiliations affect our uh, taste buds. No, I, we do not. I tell you what. I do, I'm do. i not down with uh, the Stephen Colbert way of viewing the world. Like he's very obviously uh, a big-time liberal whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm not down with Ben and Jerry's view of the world. However, I will say this. Ben and Jerry, they make some very fine ice cream. Yes, they and do. And I will say this. My boy Stephen Colbert has <laughs> yes. this stuff called Americone. Yes. Holy guacamole. It's it's vanilla. It's chocolate covered uh, uh, waffle like, cone. Yeah, waffle cone and caramel. Oh my lord! I'm a complete crackhead for this stuff. It is the best, and and I have a weird guilt when I eat it <laughs> because it's like I'm helping the other side. But uh, it's fantastic. Way to go, Stephen Colbert. You 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 guys make some damn fine ice cream. Well, that's it. Yes, it uh, is. That's what we have for the show. It was action-packed. I think that's an hour of goodness. And never again will we take a week off. There will always be something wonderful to be had at the Loftus party. Um, and I will say this. I've, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, uh, Pete Corielli, who has a very successful podcast with Sebastian Manikowski. And he tells me that the reviews are key. Like their, their podcast is very big. And he's like, the reviews are key. And I've, I've always been hesitant to ask this. But if you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it at all, or maybe you hate it, I don't know. If you could please, please uh, go to iTunes and give us a review. It turns out just having some kind of activity there increases the awareness exponentially. It's part of the algorithm, and it's a big part of the algorithm. So uh, we love you. And if you like us in the least little bit, please help uh, support the Loftus Party, the podcast, by going to iTunes, leave a review, you know, leave a star, leave whatever, whatever you want, whatever you honestly think. I, I, I don't care. Any kind of activity is good activity, and, and it will help the show. Here's what we're trying to do with the Loftus Party. Uh, we're trying to make the Republican Party fun, and we're trying to put the party back in Republican Party. We're all not a bunch of jerks. There's a bunch of fun-loving people out there, and we have to take it back from the idiots, and that's what we're going to do. So thank you so much. We'll see you again next week. Andrew, what do you have going on? What do, what do they have in the, the uh, So French, So Fresh, So Prince? What's going on with you guys? Uh, so uh, if you head on over to iTunes and you listen to So Fresh, So Prince, I, I don't know quite how this works because like that's supposed to be my escape. You know, I go in, we talk about some comedy, a funny TV show from 25 years ago, 
And Michael, you're never going to believe this. Uh, this week, we, we turn on the episode that uh, we were scheduled to watch this week, completely unplanned. It's all about the 1992 L.A. riots. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, we had a very special So Fresh, So Prince this week, but uh, we still did our best to keep it funny. So if you want to head over there, check us out. Me and my buddy Lorenzo, we have a good time, and we're pretty sure you will too. So I got uh, I got some Will Smith stories for you. I'm looking forward to them. I I got some stuff to tell you off mic about that. We'll talk about it on the podcast when we can. There you have it. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out how to do this because I've I got a little bit of the inside scoop of mm-hmm. the uh, the private workings of the Will Smith universe. And guess what? What's that? It turns out he's a very nice guy. I've heard nothing but that. It's one of those. It's one of those where, oh my goodness, I thought he'd be a nice person, and we were right. So you'll have to tune in next week. We'll have uh, we'll have some Will Smith stories and all the great uh, news, and we'll do more Michael Topias. It's wonderful. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, and thanks for heading to iTunes and helping us out with a couple of stars. <laughs>